we learn anything, anything at all from reading the gospels, it's that Jesus loves imperfect people. Jesus loves imperfect people. Be it the fisherman that he encounters on the Sea of Galilee or the tax collector that he encounters that he calls in Capernaum. Be it the Samaritan woman at the well that he encounters there or the woman at risk of being stoned at the Mount of Olives who we'll consider next week in our sermon series. There is something specific, something certain about each and every person that Jesus ministers to throughout the Gospels. Each and every one of them is flawed. Each and every one of them is incomplete. Each and every one of them is not quite whole. And I dare say that we too are this as well. I would not say that we are defective or broken. We are not faulty. We are not limited. We are not damaged or busted. But rather, we are, you and me, each and every one of us, we are unfinished. Each and every one of us is not yet exactly who we wish to be, who we might be and become. And that, that is okay. This, this space is where God does God's best work. This is where the divine uses our imperfections, those cracks, those gaps, those spaces left open and empty in our lives to fill us up, to fill us with what God has to show and to share and to give grace and hope and love. Hello, I'm Pastor Jess Horsley, one of the associates here at Platwoods Church. And today we are in our third week as we continue our sermon series, Hashtag Fail. This month, we are exploring characters from throughout Scripture and the mistakes and the failures that they have made and how God uses these mistakes, these failures, to bring about transformation, to bring about change. So far, we have entered the First Testament, the Old Testament, and we have explored, we have explored Moses and Elijah. This week and next, we enter into the New Testament. And today, today we consider the failures of Simon Peter, one of Jesus's 12 disciples, the one that many might consider or call Jesus's right-hand man, a default leader of sorts of the 12. This doesn't mean that Peter never made mistakes, quite the opposite, in fact. When one reads the Gospels, it's hard to miss out on how often Simon Peter messes up, how often he gets things mixed up, or how often he really honestly has no real clue. Consider the story that we find in Matthew 16 and in Mark 8. Here, Simon Peter and the 12 disciples, the, the 11 other disciples, they misinterpret Jesus's preachings, his, his words about the religious leaders' teachings. Jesus compares the religious leaders' poor, bad teachings to the poor, bad yeast inside bread, all right? It's a metaphor, right? You with me? It's a metaphor. And yet Peter and the disciples, they think that Jesus is literally talking about bread, which they have forgotten to bring with them on their trip across the Sea of Galilee. And so they begin to talk about literal bread and, and Jesus interrupts Peter. Jesus says, why are you talking about bread? 
I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about the false teachings of the religious leaders. How is it that you still don't understand? You still don't get what I'm actually talking about. Or consider in Matthew 14, when the disciples are all alone in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and they see what they think is a ghost walking towards them on the water. Now, you may have heard this story before. They look out across the water and they see this figure who they believe to be a ghost. And and who is it? It's, It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. And Jesus yells at them, do not be afraid. Take heart. It is me. And Peter, being Peter, he gets a bit cocky and he yells out to Jesus, if it really is you, Jesus, then Lord, call me out onto the waters. And and what does Jesus do? Jesus says, come on then, Peter. And Peter jumps out of the boat and begins to walk on the water towards Jesus. Now, if you've heard this story, do you remember what happens next? Peter begins to feel the wind on his face, on his body. He sees these massive waves crashing. He begins to feel fear. He begins to doubt he begins to sink into the water, into the murky depths, into certain death. And he cries out, Peter cries out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus simply extends his hand and lifts Peter back to safety. This is Simon Peter. Or consider consider this example. There's an example that's found in Matthew 17 and Mark 9. And in Luke 9, Jesus invites Peter and John and James to pray with him at the top of a high mountain. And this is, mountain has come to, call, to be called the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Here, Jesus begins to glow and radiate light. And the prophets, Moses and Elijah, who we've already talked about in this series, they, they appear alongside Jesus. And Moses and Elijah and Jesus begin to have a conversation. And then there's Peter. Peter, who is honestly clueless. He's a bit frightened. He doesn't know what to say or what to do. And so he suddenly just blabs out, Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we are here. And he points to to James and to John. He says, we will put up three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, as if these spirits, these divine spirits need physical tents. Scripture says that the clouds part, that a voice interrupts Peter, even as he is talking. And the voice says, this is my son whom I love, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Now, of course, Peter and James and John, they they fall on their faces. They're frightened. They're freaking out. They're afraid. And Moses and Elijah disappear. And only Jesus remains And no one, no one says anything. Anything about what happened, about what they saw or what they heard. And no one says anything about what Peter said or what Peter recommended doing. Classic Simon Peter. The more that I read the gospels, the more I come across these examples, examples of how Peter has so many gaffes, makes so many mistakes and so many blunders. And the more I see these, the more I am reminded of my own faith walk. Maybe maybe you can relate. 
Consider all the times that you have tripped or staggered or stumbled or slipped, the times that you have fallen flat on your face or made a fool of yourself or others. Consider, consider the questions you've asked. I, I used to be a teacher, and I know that teachers sometimes say there's no such thing as a dumb question, but teachers know the truth. There are dumb questions, right? We know that. There are dumb questions. Consider, consider the answers that you have given to questions you have been asked, the misgivings that you have had about God or the misunderstandings that you have created. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing that most of us share at least a few things in common with Simon Peter. Anyone remember the Gospel of John chapter 13? It's after the Last Supper when Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. Hear these words. So Jesus got up from the meal and took off his robe and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, Jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Simon Peter said, no, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And so Simon Peter replied, then Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answers, those who have had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. Again, classic Simon Peter going above and beyond, commenting on the ridiculous. Even in his confident faith, he comes across sometimes as ignorant or arrogant or even proud. And I know, I know I have done it. Perhaps you have as well. Thankfully, even when we make mistakes, when we have mishaps, no matter the boneheaded remarks or comments that are made, no matter what we have done or not done, there is always, always an opportunity for grace and for hope and for love. I know that I have been blessed by people who have shown me grace, hope, and love. I am a product, a product of grace, hope, and love. And so are you. The more that we read the Gospels, the more we recognize the enormous amounts of grace, hope, and love that Christ had for Peter. I mean, think about it. Jesus never rejects Peter. He often corrects and even rebukes, and he may even call him an idiot from time to time. But Jesus never sends Peter away. He never dismisses Peter or refuses Peter's questions. Jesus never turns down an opportunity to listen to Peter, to teach Peter, to learn alongside Peter. Establishing these healthy boundaries, Jesus comes alongside Peter and encourages him and empowers him and invites him into a deeper relationship. This, this is the type of grace and hope and love that Jesus has for Peter. And, and this is the type of grace and hope and love 
that Jesus has for you and for me and for each and every one of us. This is the type of grace and hope and love that we too are called to have for each other. For we together in community, getting to know one another and getting to know God. Now, our many faults and failures, like Peter's many faults and failures, reveal Jesus's character. These reveal who Jesus is and what Jesus is about, how Jesus actively engages people who need more time and attention, people who require more patience and more understanding, those with more questions who need the answers to more questions. When we mess up, when we doubt, when we fall short, when we fail, Jesus is patient and kind, never boastful or arrogant. Jesus never dishonors anyone. He is not easily angered. Jesus rejoices when the truth is revealed, when people ask hard questions, when people learn, when people grow, when they discover something new that is life-giving and joyful. And Jesus protects others. Jesus trusts others. Jesus hopes for the best for others. Jesus endures others, even the Peters, even me, even you. And Jesus does all of this, all of this with grace and with hope and with love. Even, even when Jesus's trust is broken and when he is betrayed and when Jesus is denied. Perhaps Peter's greatest failure is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 13 and chapter 18. Hear these words from the Last Supper. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot yet follow, but you will follow me later. And Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will give up my life for you. And Jesus replied, will you give up your life for me? I assure you that you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. Now, fast forward to John chapter 18, after Jesus' arrest. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus, and Peter stood outside near the gate. Then the other disciple, the one that was known to the high priest, came out and spoke to the woman stationed at the gate, and she brought Peter in. The servant woman stationed at the gate asked Peter, aren't you one of Jesus's disciples? I'm not, Peter said. The servants and the guards had made a fire because it was cold and Peter joined them there, standing by the fire, warming himself. And Simon Peter was standing at the fire when the guards, warming himself, asked, aren't you one of Jesus's disciples? And Peter denied it, said, I am not. And then a servant of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said to Peter, didn't I see you with Jesus at the garden? And Peter denied it again. And immediately the rooster crowed. How quickly, how quickly commitments change and loyalties shift when the future is uncertain, when danger seems close, when life and limb are threatened. For fear, for fear of being killed on a cross next to his Lord, Peter denies Jesus three times. But this, 
This is not the end of the story. After Jesus' resurrection, after Jesus appears to the disciples, Simon Peter still believes he is a failure. And after three years of preaching and teaching alongside Jesus, after three years of witnessing miracles and living life with Jesus, Simon Peter returns to his old life. The thing that is comfortable, familiar, convenient. He returns to the Sea of Galilee and Peter returns to fishing. And this is where we find Peter in the final chapter of the Gospel of John. Hear these words from John 21. Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and it happened this way. Simon Peter and Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two others were together. I am going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And Jesus said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the nets in because of the large number of fish. Sounds familiar, right? Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard this, Peter wrapped his outer garments around him and jumped into the water. And the other disciples followed. Jesus said, come and have breakfast. And now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This is the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Simon Peter said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, do you love me? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, the third time Jesus said to him, Simon, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time. And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Then Jesus said, follow me. It takes Jesus appearing to Peter three times and challenging Peter three times in order for Peter, who denied Jesus three times, to realize over and over and over again that Simon Peter had purpose, that Simon Peter was not a failure, that Simon Peter was loved. Peter was loved so too are you. You are no different. I am no different. We are no different than Peter and those early disciples. After all of this, it is Peter who becomes the spokesperson for the apostles. He is central to the foundation and formation and unification of the early church, of those who would follow the way of Jesus. It is Peter who would walk alongside other apostles and work with them to preach and teach to Jews and Gentiles alike 
traveling to Lida and to Joppa, to Caesarea, to Samaria, to Antioch, and even to Rome, to the heart of the empire, showing and sharing the good news of the risen Christ to anyone and to everyone who would listen. It is Peter, Peter, who would never again deny Jesus. Rather, rather, Jesus would t- Peter would testify to Jesus. Peter would testify to the risen Lord and later be arrested and crucified upside down as a testament to his faith in Christ. Imagine, just for a moment, imagine how different our faith, how different our world might be had Peter not denied Jesus. Truth be told, Peter was often a failure. The gospels are full of stories of how he made a fool of himself, how he made a fool of others, how often he made mishaps and mistakes, how often he was perhaps too brash or boisterous or loud or proud. And yet it is Peter. It is Peter who Christ called the rock. It is Peter who called Jesus the Messiah, the son of the living God. It is Peter who helped form and build the church, the church of which you and I and we together are a part today. It is Peter, Peter who gave all that he had, including his life, to show and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you think about it, you're not that much different than Peter. We are not that different than Peter. Might we, like Peter, fail and in our failings know that we receive the grace and the hope and the love of Jesus? And might we, like Christ, give away that same grace and hope and love that we have received? Because the world that we live in today needs it now more than ever. May it be so. Amen.